Hi everyone, welcome to this channel. Today we are discussing a very important topic. This topic is related to payment card industry. Okay, any or every person who is dealing with the banking information, you know, where they are dealing with payment uh, cards. So this is very important for you. Just try to watch this video very carefully. Any card transactions that you are doing, if you are a service provider. If you are a merchant, if you are an e-commerce business, if you are doing any kind of uh, card transaction, this video is very crucial for you to watch because non-compliance may lead to a lot of uh, you know uh, issues for you. If you are a business which is operating without PCI DSS, so now without any further ado, I would like to uh, give over to you, Akshay. Please have a look. Please help us. Yeah. Uh, hi love as always thanks for having me and uh, again appreciate the platform that you're creating for everybody's learning uh, for for a while people have been asking about pci dss uh, discussing it on the platforms forums so uh, just thought of as a natural uh, thing to do right now uh, so yes uh, we're talking about uh, pci dss so let me just give a background so how pci dss came into place is that uh, over time uh, all the money transactions uh, became uh, the digital uh, all the payment cards the car, people started using the credit cards and debit cards for transactions it got from consumer at a business level and there was a need for a unified platform of uh, which has standards that so there were uh, security standards out there which were specific which were generic security standards but how uh, there was a need by uh, the banks the financial institutions uh, to protect uh, their uh, payment related information and this is why the pci security standards council uh, came up with a standard called as pci dss it stands for payment card industry data security standard which is essentially what it means it says that uh, all the payment card data that is uh, being stored that is being processed that is being transmitted by any kind of a merchant or a financial institution or any entity or any organization or any system for that matter has to comply with these standards so uh, this is how it came into being pci dss is right now at uh, a standard of 3.2 other than that they have pci pts specific open entry devices PADSS for payment applications as well but yes we are here to discuss about uh, pci dss in general now if i give an overview of pci dss essentially pci dss states that any asset that you have if any system that you have, any network resource uh, or an information system that you have that is processing a payment card data or a card holder data for that matter should uh, follow a certain guidelines uh, that asset should be protected. You have to ensure that the payment card data is protected. Now that's just a, a general statement. Now the question arrives, how do I protect this? So this security standard dives deep into all the practices that are there to protect any kind of cardholder data or as an organization, if I am processing uh, and storing and transmitting cardholder data, what are the checks and balances that I can put within my organization to ensure that the uh, uh, payment data is uh, actually secured. Now this goes for two ways. One is the actual protection aspect of it and the second is that now I have a standard as an entity if I have complied to this standard then to each and every consumer, my client or to the whole world in general I can showcase and portray and give an assurance that yes I am following this global standard that is uh, that is robust, that is thorough and I have been, uh, I have been declared compliant to it and now you can trust me as somebody who will manage your payment data. So this is the gist of it. Now, what does it say? say? In general, for for an, uh, for uh, before going any further, it it kind of says that uh, uh, you you could be an entity that is processing uh, payment data. You could be a merchant. It divides the merchants into various levels. Then uh, it, uh, there are a lot of jargon, which is like a self uh, assessment questionnaire that uh, PCI DSS talks about. There are checks, but basically what we are saying, what I have in front of me, what you see right now is what are the primary goals 
soft payment uh, uh, data security standard how how are you securing or how are you ensuring that the assets or the uh, infrastructure in which the payment data is going is secure or not is to say uh, you will see this everywhere that build and maintain a secure network so the very basic requirement of PCI is that you have to install and maintain a firewall configuration to protect cardholder data. So any server, any system, any asset that is processing uh, cardholder data has to be behind a firewall, which is not just installed, it is uh, continuously maintained, operationalized. So there has to be, uh, you have to continuously keep checking whether the firewall rules are up to date or not, whether the firewall conf configuration is robust or not, very specific to the cardholder data. Then uh, one, one of the requirements uh, very simply is put is that uh, default uh, passwords and uh, like like any vendor supply default system passwords and security parameters should not in place. So, uh, to say that we were talking about configuration audits, right? So a configuration audit or a uh, system hardening uh, or a secure uh, baseline standard is what is expected from uh, any entity that is uh, holding or processing cardholder data. Then specifically uh, talks about uh, protecting cardholder data. So what you are saying is you uh, wherever a cardholder data is stored, you have to protect it. So we'll go a little bit deeper into what uh, cardholder data essentially comprises of and uh, what kind of protection we are talking about. Uh, it's a, it's a general statement, but there are very specifics to it. Uh, encrypt all the transmission of cardholder data across open and public networks. So you have to ensure that uh, wherever you are sharing or transmitting or sending it, uh, you have to ensure that secure protocols uh, are used for transmission of any cardholder data, uh, whether it's uh, across uh, an open or a, a public network. Then uh, it talks about maintaining a vulnerability management program. So now this I could not stress uh, uh, enough that the uh, PCI in itself stresses a lot on uh, continuous uh, vulnerability assessment and management of all the applications, assets, servers who uh, even even if the payment uh, the cardholder data is even touching that system for a second you need to ensure that it uh, goes through a thorough vulnerability assessment and a vulnerability management program apart from it it talks about implementing strong access control which is just to say that you have to determine what kind of a person has access to the cardholder data. So you cannot give it even if it's within your organization and he's a, an employee or the person or the personnel are uh, verified employees. Uh, the access to the cardholder data must be need to know on a need to know basis. That is to say anybody who is directly involved with a system or an application or an asset that is holding the cardholder data should only have access to it. Anybody else should not have access or have eyes to the cardholder data itself. Uh, the per every person should have a unique ID needless to say there should be an identity and access management in place for anybody who is uh, getting access uh, to the server or the computer uh, to which uh, the cardholder data is residing on. And there should be a physical uh, access restriction on, on the cardholder data as well. Uh, then uh, uh, pretty much whatever systems uh, or servers are in place, uh, the network resources that are being consumed have to be regularly tracked and monitored. You have to test the security systems and processes you have to and, and all these tests have to be documented. So you need to have a proper methodology you need to have proper documented policies and procedures in place that address all these points that I'm talking about. And you need to be able to showcase it to a, a, a qualified security assessor and auditor, which is certified by the PCI Security Council to when he audits or he performs a PCI audit on you that uh, on the organization that you are in fact compliant with these. Uh, so, so a robust security management, a vulnerability management assessment and even a risk assessment uh, platform should be there in place. Uh, although mentioning it in last but not the least and quite important is that uh, you have to have a robust information security policy that addresses information security for employees and contractors. 
so this is like a, a brief of what pci dss so uh, these 12 is how you could say the 12 the 12 uh, requirements of pci dss is what these points where you are looking at over here is and and anybody who wants to start with pci dss or wants to gain some knowledge needs to know all these points uh, uh before they even dive deep into any of uh, the pci dss uh, requirements in depth Okay, so this is a high-level overview of all the requirements. Yes, obviously, love. If if you look at it, I mean, I'm just saying that you have to protect stored cardholder data. Now we have to dive deep and understand what, uh, how, uh, what kind of cardholder data are we processing? How are we uh, uh, securing it? So uh, th there are obviously uh, several activities involved with the single statement that they are putting out there. But yes, this is a high-level requirement for PCI DSS, and you have to satisfy. all the 12 requirements at a higher level and obviously you will be audited uh, in deep for uh, all the checks balances controls and processes you have in place to ensure that all these uh, requirements are met just to add an example here akshay just to make sure that you know people understand this pci dss better can i say that a contact center a call center a bpo where people are you know taking the card information in any process where it involves transactions on the card does that entire infrastructure as well as the people who are working in that process all of them should know about each and every clause of pci dss as a requirement because i think they are day to day you know in these transactions card transactions yeah i mean uh, people in specific whatever uh, so the employees the people who are involved in the process should have an understanding of pci dss yes uh yes. and very specifically they should know what they need to do, do as th as that but in their particular role they sh they need to know what uh, what are the like the, what are the rules that are like written in st uh, st stone and they have to follow it as like uh, a holy grail and they have to just follow it in order to be covered because pci dss is very strict with the requirements because any 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 um, standard for that matter which is specific to an industry will be very strict with its requirements right right okay So, so uh, if you want to learn about PCI DSS, the best place to learn is the PCI uh, Security Standards .org website. That's www.pci-security-standards.org. They have a whole lot of content. I mean, you don't for starting off. You don't need to go anywhere else. You just need to first go through what they are saying, and obviously, you can have experts throw light on points in details. But PCI DSS had uh, has a uh, uh, lots of resources, and I will be walking th uh, you through uh, a lot of them. Where in itself they are talking about how you can secure, and they are themselves providing a whole lot of uh, information out there. So as you can see over here, they have a document library link in place, and if you go into the document library. you have all these documents and information out there how do you implement pci dss for large organizations how do you map it to nist framework which are the software standards uh, everything is out there they have quick reference guides i have uh, how how sh so uh, they talk about uh, uh and uh, uh how is a, a an roc report should be maintained so that is specific to uh, level 1 level 2 merchants which we'll talk about a little bit in detail uh what are the type of merchants what is a category of a service provider so all of that they have over here you just need to first understand the applicability which category do you fall in are you a service provider are you a merchant are you a bank and then you have to ensure that you are uh, processing uh, you are following the pci dss guidelines in accordance with uh, whatever has been specified with you so there are some checks and balances from at a technical level wherein we talk about firewall vulnerability assessment asset protection risk assessment and then there are some uh, procedural guidelines as to how in whatever category you fall in with uh, how who do you report it to who is going to audit it uh what is going to be the periodic structure of your reporting or your audit that is going to happen who is the kind of a person who will go ahead and come and audit you and what are the things that you should be looking out for 
so as you can see here pci website uh, the pci standards council by themselves are telling you uh, you know there is a uh, there is a very brief discussion on the getting started guide it's it's a, like a very uh, basic uh, review of gist of what they mentioned over there uh, talking about uh, what are the pci dss requirements uh, so uh, the process that they say uh, how pci council states is that there is a process of assessing uh assess remediate and report is what they are saying is that you have in the in assessment what you are essentially doing is you are identifying all types of assets or systems or in, or uh, a network or any server or any device where in uh, your card data may uh, reside or or uh, uh, fall into uh then you have to assign and then you have to ensure so this is the part of the assessment wherein you need to understand where is my card data you first need to ask yourself where the very first question you need to ask, ask yourself is where is the card holder data going so the very first step is that you need to understand where card holder data is going whether it's being stored whether it is data at rest whether it is uh, data which is being processed in some way or whether it is going uh, being transmitted from one system to another so kind of the data flow of a card holder data is what is uh, important for you actually there are just to yes. yeah just to just to stop uh, i can see a lot of people on the uh, live uh, you know video uh, for the stream any questions that you have with pci dss or with any other standard apart from pci dss be it uh, gdpr hipaa anything or everything you know iso 27001 27701 anything just you know you can actually enter in the comment section we'll try to answer those questions but try uh, to uh, ask questions first related to pci dss because that is what we are discussing here go on akshay yeah so uh, then uh, pci uh, the pci talks about a self assessment question questionnaire before going into a self assessment questionnaire there's one thing i would like to say that from a merchant level uh pci states uh, gives four levels of uh, categories to any kind of a merchant so there is level 1 level 2 level 3 and level 4 that is to say that uh how they are bifurcating is how many transactions uh, how many financial transactions or card transactions are you dealing with in a year so if it is less than uh, 20000 you lie you lie on level 4 if it is between 20000 and 1 million you lie on level 3 if it is between 1 million to 6 million you lie uh, in level 2 and if it is more than 6 million transactions per year you lie in level 1 so that is the kind of the level differentiation that they are offering now uh, a a valid question that would come around is uh, why from these levels so just to put a governance and check on what kind of requirements pci has with specific types of merchants is why they uh, gave in these levels so uh, if i could give you a brief i would say that uh, for level 2 level 3 and level 4 not level 1 the, the level 2 3 and 4 merchants they are required to fill a self assessment questionnaire that is where this saq comes into uh, picture uh, and they have to get uh, a quarterly vulnerability assessment performed on all the assets that are processing card hold data by what is called as an asv which is an approved scanning vendor so i'm talking about a lot of things let me first focus i spoke about qsc i spoke about asv so let me throw light upon uh, these two things so asv is basically any uh, vulnerability scanning uh, uh, an uh, an organization or a company that is approved by the pci council to perform a vulner uh, uh, a vendor to uh, to provide a vulnerability scanner the the scanning tool itself should be asv and and the uh, and should be qualified to perform an assess a vulnerability assessment on the organization which is dealing with card holder data a qsa is a qualified security assessor is basically uh, 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 to say that uh, pci has some guidelines on how an auditor should so uh, they also qualify auditors and they say these are the kinds of people or the organization uh, who qualifies to perform a pci audit on your environment so these they they pci has uh, uh, training so you can train your personnel your auditors into uh, 
a structured approach of how PCI expects you to audit, and then you can get a certification from PCI Council to say that now you are an approved quality security assessor. And uh, uh, along with the ASV and the QSA, you uh, the ASV deals with your uh, uh, vulnerability assessment, and the QSA deal with the uh, audit aspect of it. So these are the two jargons that I cleared there. Uh, the SAQ, actually, SAQ part for all the people who have just joined self-assessment questionnaire. What, what is that? Yes. So a self-assessment questionnaire. Yes. So yeah, I was coming back to. So self-assessment questionnaire is is you yourself filling out the details that are uh, that, that's like a self audit which we do. So before I mean uh, somebody else comes and audits me or asks me any questions. I myself should know how much I am compliant with a PCI DSS standard. So uh, I have to answer these self-assessment questionnaires, and through these self-assessment questionnaires, I will be able to uh, judge my level of compliance to uh, PCI standard. And when I have uh, and and I have to submit these SAQs to uh, uh, the uh, proper authority to show that I have myself performed an assessment and I know where I stand. And this is how it's done. So can I say that SAQ is equal to the internal audit that we do, or is it the gap assessment part? It's it's more from a. in a sense you could call it an internal audit but in risk management we also uh, the self assessment is mostly from a questionnaire based and audit is mostly from a uh, an actual check based so if we are differentiating uh, there there, okay. there is a okay. distinction over here yeah, so even right, in risk right. management you know love right we we have those questionnaires so at a very basic level we keep doing self assessment through questionnaires in risk right. management and assessment so this is more towards that but yes uh, you could also call it uh, related in in a way to internal audit because you are going to uh, see checks yes. uh, and balances here and there but it is more right. from a question and answer based thing so it's good that you asked let me just i i think i had pulled up some yes so what this is see how great this is pci uh, council has themselves told you they have gu- they are guiding you how to complete your assessment so what do you need to understand is you need to understand what kind of questionnaire is applicable to you ah right so, so this, is you know, this is the key yes yeah. this is the key so if you are filling in the wrong questionnaire then you are kind of you know you don't even understand what kind of business you are in or uh, yeah. what kind of data you are processing so right. uh, let me quickly brief you on on the kinds of categories they have so there is a questionnaire a this is uh they have a term called as card not present merchant so this is like a a a a, a service provider or an organization who has who is themselves not uh, dealing with uh the the card holder data they have outsourced their all their card holder data functions to a third party service provider who is pci dss compliant so they themselves are uh, not handling a payment card information but yes they are using the services of a pci dss compliant third party service provider then uh, within the questionnaire uh, they have an, a sub category aep which are we are saying that there these are the e-commerce merchants who outsource all payment processing and have a website that does not directly receive card holder data but that can impact the security of payment transaction so if you have a let's say you are an e-commerce merchant and uh, you you have a landing page wherein people first enter some information and then after uh, putting those information they are going to a page and uh, they are these are the third parties who are processing there's a, there's a payment gateway or or, or there's somebody who's handling your transactions so then in that case you might fall under a aep category of questionnaire then b uh, the category b comes to merchants who are only uh, using uh, who have no electronic card holder data only imprint machines and dial out terminals and no electronic storage whatsoever so a- any e-commerce or anybody who is uh, focusing on just like the traditional or the old uh, old way or like the old school way of dealing with data are uh, come under the b question now uh, the 
the merchants who are using a payment terminals which has an ip connection to payment processor like those systems and machines who are interacting through a, a, an ip address uh, they come under the bip category then a whole lot of category over here then it talks about the merchants who are handling single transaction at a time there, there is a virtual terminal over there uh, then they they talk about uh, payment application systems uh, who are connected to the internet and yet uh, they have no electronic uh, storage applicable so you can then go ahead and see all your categories you can then open up a questionnaire so they even have links to the saq if i may open one myself they have a whole understanding of what are the instructions and guidelines you can open up these questionnaires basically yourself attesting and then see if you look over here you have to yourself answer so this is how it is there is a very straightforward specific question is they are saying our vendor supplied default always changed before installing a system or a network it it's also telling you how to do that testing or how to assess that and then you can yourself say that you know yes i do have uh, either it's a yes or it's no uh, whatever is applicable to you is all over here so the idea of a self assessment questionnaire is that you sit with your team you assess all these questions you go with uh, you go over each other you fill it off and then you see where you are uh, uh, being compliant or you are being non compliant so this is from a saq point of view i hope uh, that was uh, helpful yes 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 absolutely yeah it was good. right Okay, so now uh, one one great thing that I wanted to talk about was the PCI DSS Quick Reference Guide. So they have a quick reference guide. This could be a good starting point for anybody who wants to learn. So what they are saying is uh, this has the overview of the PCI requirements. This will uh, you move on to their specific requirements uh, like the requirement one we talked about how install and maintain a firewall configuration. Now this will tell you you know identify all the incoming outgoing traffic. uh your the router configurations uh, should restrict all traffic inbound and outbound from untrusted so it talks about segmentation uh, there's a trusted network there's an untrusted network so in the untrusted networks you have to restrict all the traffic you have to prohibit direct public access install personal firewall, firewall uh, or equivalent societies just to sorry sorry to stop it between just for all the people who have just joined the stream uh can we just go back a little bit where did this requirement of pci dss came from initially i mean what was the reason why this uh, this uh, this standard actually came into play was it because of some frauds that were happening on card transactions or how did uh, you know how did it, how did it emerge because i haven't seen this question answered in any you know videos yeah so there there were a, from right from starting love there have been uh, a lot of uh, uh, credit card based frauds or there have been a lot of hacks there have been mobile based uh, data frauds and hackings that have happened on organizations and what they were realizing was they are treating the payment card data as a normal data and they are applying normal data security standards and they are not bifurcating their data from a card holder data so all uh, regular data security standards they are they are applying but they are not paying specific uh, focus uh, on uh, card holder data now even the merchants who who built uh, i mean sorry the vendors who built payment uh, security uh, the payment gateways or the payment processing applications have uh, were following the traditional security uh, measures so uh, the idea was uh, even the pos terminals that were being manufactured uh, so there was security but there wasn't payment there wasn't a need to so it, it, the need is to say that you know if i am accessing or processing payment information pci states that that is the first and primary concern of mine so you have to ensure that whatever happens the payment card data uh, the payment data or the payment card information should be secure 
that is the main logic and reasoning behind having a, a, a pci security a pci council uh, and these security standards very well very well actually very well defined uh, just one thing was you know just stuck in my mind uh, when we talk about pci dss you are saying this is card holders personal data right so does this also fall under gdpr if we talk about any european citizen because i think this is again personal data which is related to european citizen so let's let's say that uh, if there is a you know a bank uh, you know or any uh, transactional business that is operated in europe uh, will gdpr and pci dss both both come into play or how will it happen uh so i mean for card holder data yes i mean you could say that in a sense that uh, a, a primary account number is is an information yes. that that could be identifiable uh, with you as a person so if you're if you're a european resident uh, gdpr might come a, a pii may overlap with a payment card uh, with payment card information uh, uh, but the reasoning behind both these uh, um, standard is is completely different uh, the reasoning behind pci is to protect the card holder in data the, the payment information it's not focused so much so towards the person holding the uh, ah okay now now yeah. i got your point okay okay so it is more focused on a transactional level where the transactions are happening and whether those the, the, data, yes, the, the, the ah. payment data is the primary focus over right. for pci right. and the citizens right. privacy is more uh, focus or the residents privacy is more of a focus for gdpr very good differentiator akshay even i was confused on this thank you right so then uh, i'm sorry i what was what are they talking about i was talking about i think uh, router was, hardening i think you were on the router slide you were saying about uh, you know uh, adding some rules to the router yes yes sorry i was we were talking about the uh, official starting guide yeah uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the quick guide uh, the infra one yes. where it had the infrastructure uh, yes. component yes. yeah yeah uh, Yes, yes, this one itself. Yeah, yeah. Let yeah, me yeah, quickly, right. quickly go up to the top. I will come back to it. I am getting questions from Vinod Bhamre, Manoj Kumar, and Shivkan Sharma. Uh, you know, we'll get back to you after Akshay finishes his slides because he has uh, some content that he wants to present first. Okay, so just be patient and be with us. Yeah. So yeah. the reason love for not for going into this format was so that after this video, people can actually log in and get a sense, and uh, you know, just they have a res the, the resources from PCI Council itself. They can just go ahead, look up, and relate this to whatever has been told over here. So yeah. uh, obviously, uh, there's no point in reading everything altogether, but just giving a sense. So uh, like we talked about the requirement to install and maintain a firewall configuration. So we spoke about you know. uh that should be a firewall that uh, that should uh, segregate the traffic that is coming from trusted to untrusted network there should be a, a firewall uh, installed on all the systems and devices uh, of the people who are uh, of the personnels who are accessing uh, or processing the card holder data environment now a, a key point here is a card holder data environment so what is a card holder data environment is a, the the uh, uh, like the combination of all the system network asset endpoints everything that is processing together or uh, that is storing processing or uh, transmitting card holder data becomes a card holder data environment so then do not use uh, default vendor supplied uh, defaults for system part for this is pretty much uh, uh, self explanatory Uh, so this is to protect all your systems against a dictionary-based attack or a brute force attack. Uh, what a dictionary-based or a brute force attack essentially is that if you are using a weak password, if you are using a default password, if I am a malicious person and I am trying to get into the system, uh, what I will do is I will try to check what platform you are hosting, and against that platform, I will try to use the default passwords that come in during the installations. Right. 
so uh, i could say that most mostly like admin admin could be because for user ease uh, vendors usually keep a simple password because but they always recommend to change it but sometimes we might forget as administrators we might forget it so pci states uh, as a default requirement that you should uh, do not uh, so you should not use uh, default passwords uh, it's it says that you should uh the access to the system should be protected in itself you should have a mechanism for change continuously change so the password policy the pass the pass the uh, password policy to say what should be the minimum length maximum length should be in place uh, you should uh, encrypt the uh, uh, the access the administrative access to any system that is holding uh, card holder data Uh, you should have an a separate inventory of all the assets that are uh, that fall under the category of PCIDSS or that fall under under a, uh, a card holder data environment, uh, and uh, uh, like it says that shared hosting providers must protect each entity's hosted environment card holder. So in case you have a shared hosting, uh, you have to go ahead and you have to ensure that even in a shared hosting, the hosted environment has the card holder data protected, and they provide additional uh, information for shared hosting uh, data providers. Here you can see, you know, just uh, to give people an idea, they are talking about what is a typical default password that must be changed. Just to give people an idea, uh, then it talks about uh, how are you protecting? They say that you know protect stored card holder data as we are talking about. So it says that uh, store only what is needed, store only till the time it is needed, and limit. the time to which uh, the uh, data is stored so you should have a policy uh, you should have a policy in place that states that you know i uh, i keep purging the st uh, stored data which i am not going to use anymore so all of those policies and procedures should be placed you should have a data storage and retention time as per your business requirement as whatever is needed for you to continue uh, operating your business uh then we talk about uh so a a a card data basically gets uh, broken down into a lot of things which is a uh, sensitive authentication data primary account number uh, cvv Uh, so you, there are separate ways uh, on which you have to store so you are saying that do not store sensitive authentication data after authorization even if it is encrypted so sensitive authentication data is basically the data that is used to authenticate and authorize the transaction or the user and that should not be uh, uh, stored at all even if it is encrypted so this table you will actually uh, kind of give a better idea of what i'm talking about so there is, there there are card holder data element is basically divided into two categories one is the card holder data and one is sensitive authentication data so your card holder data has your primary account number which is like the account number which uh, if you've seen a uh, 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 Credit card or a debit card, you see that <clears throat> the number uh, which is displayed in front is basically your primary account number. Then card holder name, uh, what is the service code, uh, the expiration date. Then in sensitive authentication data is the full track data. So that talks about when you look at the back of your card, the swipe data that is there is the track data or the swipe data or the full track data. Uh, then CVV is basically the CVV code that is present at the back, and the PIN is the uh, primary uh, identification number. Now, against this, what we are saying, what storage is permitted and what is not. So, this in itself will give you a clarity that a PAN number could be stored and should be rendered stored data unreadable. That means there should be an obfuscation on the data if it is stored. A card holder name. should be stored but you may not be required to render it unreadable so when i say under uh, unreadable it should either be encrypted or obfuscated and not easily be reversible the service code uh, you can store it but you do not need to render it uh, unreadable the expiration uh, expiration date yes but no and full track data storage is not permitted and so nothing is applicable 
right so i hope that gives a, a little bit of picture of protection of cardholder yes. data right then we talked about vulnerability management program this we all know that you know uh, a, a quarterly scan of uh, the uh, systems must be done uh, should i explain uh, the concept of vulnerability on networks or such or uh, are we just a high level that? just a high level overview <clears throat> yeah okay so basically what we are saying is what is a vulnerability vulnerability is a weakness in any system be it a server or an application or a device which may be used by a malicious uh, hacker uh, or an attacker or a user to exploit and then gain access to that system now after a person has exploited a vulnerability they can perform a number of things so they could steal the data uh, they could uh, manipulate the data they could take complete control over that asset in itself depends on the kind of vulnerability and the level of exploitation that is happening so in order to protect your system from a vulnerability you need to you need to have a vulnerability management program in place essentially vulnerability management program states that you should from time to time you need to have vulnerability assessment against the uh, assets or the targets that fall under your scope in this case the assets that are processing storing or transmitting credit uh, uh, card holder data and uh, you need to uh, the the vendor that is used for performing should be an asv approved security vendor uh, uh, and this should be done in a timely fashion which is in most cases at least quarterly uh then uh, needless to say you have to deploy antivirus softwares on all systems uh you need to make sure you are uh, uh, you have sufficient audit logging for any kind of troubleshooting or analysis uh in in case of uh, should any incident or any uh, event occur uh you have to uh, ensure that the antivirus scanning mechanism is centrally managed you have to ensure that there is a central console and individual user does not have the right or the capability to be able to disable this uh, antivirus scanning pro- the, the scanning program and the mechanism uh, you have to make sure all these processes are well uh, reflected in your procedures and your security policies they are well documented they are uh, operational they have been approved by the management and they Uh, they conform to all the requirements of pci okay so then the requirements is also de- developing develop and maintain secure systems and applications this is basically to say that all the si- systems and application uh, all the vulnerabilities that are identified against uh, any <coughs> sorry any uh, system should have a risk rating uh of a high medium or a low uh so that you can prioritize so it uh, talks about the risk rating now that could be a combination of things that could be basis on the impact that that vulnerability might have on the system uh, the scale in which a harm can be done and uh, also a combination of how easy would it be for somebody to exploit this vulnerability so to say uh, you could determine this by saying Uh, do you require authentication for to uh, exploit this vulnerability is the asset in itself an internal asset or is it exposed to the internet what is the scale so all of these things together form the risk rating i'm not getting into all of that in detail uh, uh, but uh, i mean uh, quite self explanatory in what i told then uh, so then there are known vulnerabilities so all all the uh, that is to say that all the softwares all the programs all the components all the libraries that you are using you have to ensure that they are you, you are using the uh, most recent updated stable release so that is to say that the vendors by themselves if you are using a, an application if you are using a, let's say you are using an erm solution let's say you are using a, a, a pdf processor or for anything for that matter you have to ensure that whatever patches are released by the vendor who supplying these to you are are patched properly you are using all the components within that uh, system of yours have are patched are updated and they from the known vulnerabilities that are out there which they keep releasing as as a form of change release document on their websites you have to ensure that all the patches you have put 
on on uh, on not just your server uh, also on the applications that are residing or all or the libraries or all the tools that you are using within that system itself and then it also talks about you have to get uh, you have to uh, from at a secure software development life cycle you have to ensure that you are performing you are using secure coding techniques specific and relevant to your platforms you are using uh, secure coding guidelines you have well documented secure coding guidelines in place specifically to the systems and within that systems the part or the functions or the components of the systems that are uh, accessing processing cardholder data sorry you need to have a web app so uh, like when i say vulnerability assessment it kind of also means that you need to have a application security assessment program in place that once the even if you even when you have done a code secure coding when your application is ready at a uh, at a stage in your uh, testing environment along with the qa testing you need to have an application security unauthenticated and authenticated assessment a black box and a gray box assessment done um uh, so uh, that is also one of the requirements uh, <clears throat> uh then it goes on to say that ensure all public facing web applications are protected against known attacks so uh, again it's saying that either you get done an application vulnerability assessment at least annually or after any changes so as a part of your change management program so uh, in your change management program when when you sit with the ch uh, cab your change approval board uh, a security advice a person from the security team is part of the change management or the cab cab committee and when, whenever there is a change to an application you need to know whether th this falls under the scope of pci dss or not and you have to recommend as a security personnel that that as application security assessment be mandated uh, with that change there Uh, again talks about uh, security policies and procedures should be uh, well documented and all of this should reflect in the methodology and guidelines and the policies and procedures in your organization <clears throat> now talk talking about requirement 7 is restrict access to the card holder data by business need to know is just to say that there should be an access control in place so anybody who needs access on a need to know basis should only be uh allowed so uh, love you were you have uh, rightly spoken about uh, principle of least privilege right so i i think that's the principle what we are talking here by default i will deny to everybody and whoever requires access should has to go through a process of uh, justifying their access has to go through some documentation some process and some tracking and governance and then they are provided access to uh <coughs> the systems now identify and authenticate so what uh, we talked about is that you have uh, how do you identify and authenticate access to the system components so uh, first of all that uh, default or generic user name should not be given for anybody who is trying to access a, uh, a payment card uh, system if i may say so a definition of my own uh, they should have a unique user name through which they should be identifiable because there has to be an accountability for a person who is accessing it so this is also required for a governance this is also required for a user awareness and this is also required uh, for tracking any activity or investigating any type of a malicious attempt activity or an incident should that happen uh, in any time so uh, there should be some form of authentication uh, either you use a smart card you use a token device you use a biometric you use a password pa pa passphrase uh, two factor three factor authentication but the authentication method should be strong the password should not be uh, readable guessable or leaked out in any way during the authentication mechanism so that is to say uh, all uh, one another thing that comes into picture is that any uh, uh, communication that is happening should be protected uh, by uh, the channel should be encrypted so let's say you are doing it through http use ssl uh, encryption with http to say that you are operating on an https website itself so that if there is a man in the middle scenario for somebody is trying to sniff the data they are not they should not be able to uh, read the passwords or the or the authentication tokens in uh, plain text 
then goes ahead and talks about a lot of things do not use group ids shared ids generic ids because what happens sometimes when we are trying to support business processes uh, uh, the teams are distributed here and there and things are working day and night so the, uh, sometimes it becomes more convenient to kind of create shared ids and share those ids with other people so that we can log in so that should never be done for anybody who is trying to access uh, the system which holds the card holder data uh, then uh, all the databases should be protected the application ids should uh, uh, there should be there should not be a direct access to uh, a database only database administrators should have a, a direct access or a query access <clears throat> so and when when an application in itself is trying to query to a database it should use it should not use a user id it should use an application id that was created specifically for that application inside the database uh then the requirement time uh, pretty much straightforward says states states that uh, you have to restrict physical access to card holder data so uh, like we say that you know any facility that is holding uh the servers or or the systems which who have who are processing the card all data they should be restricted so this is like a typical physical security access restriction uh, uh you should categorize the people who are coming there there should be visitors there should be uh, uh you talk about what are the who are identifying who are the employees who are the contractors who are consultants who are visitors so have a separate uh, you have a bifurcation mechanism on the types of people who are coming in and they are accessing it um you have to uh, put all the checks uh, should be easy to access so like the card uh, should have uh, should be of different colors it should be easily identifiable even from a distance who is a full time employee who is a part time employee who is a vendor who is a guest uh there should be uh, card based access there should be biometric there should be thumbprint uh there should be surveillance there should be uh, control on the storage or accessibility of any kind of documentation or media over there uh, so all of that the 10th requirement uh, is that we are talking about tracking and monitoring all access to network resources and card holder data is basically to say uh the audit logs is what we are talking about we are saying that you know log there should be verbosity in all the logs you know what what activities are you monitoring are you monitoring the authentication are you monitoring the access to the system components are you uh, monitoring invalid uh, uh, access attempts are you uh, uh, monitoring uh, failed password attempts are you monitoring the lockout of uh, an account so basically all those things that come under audit logging uh, kind of come here are you logging uh, security events are you logging system events so event logging comes comes into place is the are you backing up all the audit logs of uh, are you documenting all, all policies and procedures so all of this comes under uh the requirement 10 which is uh, saying that track and monitor all access to network resources and card holder data then the second last requirement is regularly test security systems and processes this is again talking about uh, you need to uh, test all the systems and components uh, that are uh, ac- uh, transmitting storing or processing the credit, uh, the card holder data is to say you have to have vulnerability scanning in place again talking about the asvs uh, you should have like you see, see at the right uh, what is the severity level if uh, what is the cvss score of the finding uh, you have to fix all those findings and only for the low severity findings do you say it's a pass otherwise you have to fix those findings at uh, at the priority you should uh, it also talks about uh, uh, network based intrusion detection and prevention system that should be in place uh, even for the vulnerability scanning or the penetration testing or the application based network based uh, assessments that you are doing Uh, you should have a plan or a methodology or a documentation in place so that the so what this means is you should have a charter you should have a calendar you should say that you know uh, this is my next cycle of assessment this is what we have done these are the findings identified this is uh, these are the findings who are still open these are the findings we are fixing so all of all that vulnerability management uh, uh, should be in place 
and the last requirement is like i said one of the most important requirements that you you should have an information security policy which is robust which is compliant uh, uh you have to have a policy which talk which talks about uh, risk, uh, access control which, which talks about usage restrictions all of those points all the 11 points that we have talked about should be mentioned addressed in the information security policy yeah <laughs> so this is the summary of the requirements yeah summary. that's a lot to cover actually akshay yeah i mean we could <laughs> this could be called as a session in itself <laughs> yeah so yes i think uh, yeah okay so i'll start with the questions then uh, vinod is asking what is that sorry Akshay, can you hear me? No, uh, yeah, I, I just can lost you. you. What? Yeah, can you say again? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, can you hear me? Okay, okay. So Vinod is asking, what is the difference between data stored and data at rest? Are these both the same yeah, things? Yeah, they, they, they are the same. They are the same. seem to have lost love yeah akshay can you hear me yeah i can hear you now you i i lost you for a moment okay no worries yeah there was some connection issue okay so uh, coming to manoj kumar now manoj is asking if a merchant is involved in printing of a card as a third party for a financial institution what category does it fall under uh, category in what sense uh, with, with what specific category i mean i i still are we talking about pci category i think when you mentioned about merchant uh, levels yeah i think he is he is asking which level i think you in the initial uh, you know video you mentioned about level of merchants right so yes, i think he is yes. asking which level does, does this third party falls into no so they don't fall under that merchant level because uh, they are not uh, uh, neither are they processing nor the storing nor are they transmitting any card holder data because that talks about the number of card transactions that you have had right right okay so so, so after that shivkant yeah. is asking uh, how to implement demilitarized zone and, yeah no carry on love there is a lag there is a lag between us okay okay no worries so shivkant is asking how to implement demilitarized zone how to set up a demilitarized network is it something related as a configuration in a firewall so he is asking that uh so dm so basically pci dss states that uh, in its requirement 1.3.1 pci dss states that that an organization to, should develop and implement a dmz so essentially dmz is just a, a part of the network that separates uh, the rest of the network with the internal network and uh, in in your in this case we have to identify the card develop the card uh, holder uh, that the cde the card development environment the card holder data environment the cde and should that there is a dmz that should separate the cde with all the entrusted sources such as the internet so you have to implement the dmz so first of all you have to identify your cde 
so the network segregation has to be done in such a way that you have to identify your cde you have to identify the trust zones the untrusted zones the internet and then you have to implement your dmz in such a way now implementing a dmz i think you know uh, i i may not be <laughs> the best person to right. talk about the uh, specific network uh, configuration checks about it yeah yeah absolutely so uh, after that nitesh choudhry is asking is the merchant at pos which is point of sale will also have to comply for tci dss like people who are keeping these uh, you know devices where you uh, put the card for transactions do those people also have to comply yes so uh, they have to comply but the level of compliance is different for the pos terminal people they they are not using uh, uh, like the servers and the infrastructure at that level so yes uh, pci dss does talk about uh, uh, securing all environments that are processing they have to be uh, pci compliant theek uh, hai after that uh, akshay nitesh choudhary is also asking how long a transaction data should be stored in the system for from pci dss compliance standpoint so that that actually depends on uh, your organization need so you have to determine how long do you need to have but you need to have a mechanism of uh, flushing and purging of data and you need to be able to show its documentation and you need to also be able to show uh, a, a, provide proof of that actually being uh, uh, followed in place yeah so just to answer that uh, you know i i just went to the pci uh, you know website so it says that all the system and audit logs which are showing access to stored cards data must be retained for at least one year and all the logs must be kept online and available for any type of audit at least for 90 days so this is a standard so that is the retention standard but uh, the purging standard has to and be decided is right even if you want to you know uh, re- yeah 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 right and akshay is right even if after that you want to retain the data for these logs as per your organizational needs you can also do that but this is the minimum that should you should go for uh nitesh is again now asking is there any regulatory compliance also uh i'm sorry how how do you mean uh yeah he has he has not specified anything he is just asking is there any regulatory compliance so one thing to answer his previous question love is nitesh that, if you can elaborate a little bit that will help okay akshay so, nitesh this guideline uh, the the pin transaction security the pts and point of interaction guideline is where you want to see if you are to- if you want very specific guidelines for post terminals what pci council has to state the link is right here the document is available through the pci security standards guidelines so this is this is something that you might want to look into but this is not related to pci uh, dss specifically yeah absolutely akshay yeah so akshay shivkant is asking uh, one more uh, you know if we are outsourcing organization and not storing any card holder data card details are only with business owner application example if we doing support for amazon and customer service support by other company this company should be certified with pci dss so i think he is talking about a third party supporting the question uh, again love is whether you are uh, uh, accessing or uh, processing or transmitting card holder data or not and if that is not then uh, you don't fall under a, a pci dss regulation 
if 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 the person's uh, services are being affected yeah. if the payment card data or the holder data is being impacted by your service then you might fall under that but then that's uh, something you have to determine and that's something for the company or the organization in itself to uh, identify right pritesh patil has a specific question now he wants to know why equal key length is required while distributing keys to key custodian so this is what uh, he is asking so i i think that's let's take this up in uh, a separate forum wherein if we are talking about maybe when we are discussing cryptography uh, or key distribution mechanisms we can take this up because i don't think this is suitable for all people who are here and people might start wondering what we are talking about yeah but good question yeah this is pritesh this is very very specific question that you are asking and akshay is right uh, this is more related to cryptography i think uh, in this week or you know in the upcoming week we will have a specific video on cryptography only where we will talk about symmetry keys asymmetric keys similar length keys different length keys there we will answer all these questions that you are asking here okay so that is the right forum right akshay yeah okay so akshay anything uh, before we conclude this i think these are all the questions that we have on board at the moment yeah i so i believe uh, so from a, uh, anybody who wants to learn more about pci like i said that the pci's uh, security uh, the pci council website has a lot of resources i would encourage everybody to explore all the documentations uh, uh read about it most of it you will be able to make a sense of on 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 your own if you have some specific questions you can shout out uh, in the upcoming videos in the upcoming streams that we have you can shout out in, in through the groups that we man, uh, maintain you can shout out through the comments over here uh, and uh, any specific problem if you are facing as a part of you know uh, a person who is involved in protecting or uh, uh, the card holder data or auditing uh, uh, feel free to ask your questions you can make a generic question out of it not give out too much details about you and we'll be more than happy to answer it yeah and uh, just uh, you know before we conclude thank you so much for all the people who have commented a lot of uh, you know good knowledge sharing has happened today and uh, you know a lot of comments and uh, questions have been answered today so akshay thank you for your time it was a great uh, value to all the people who were not sure what is pci dss all about so i hope this one hour video this is a long stretch of you know things that you have actually covered which comprises of technical as well as all the administrative checkpoints that any company or any custodian who is actually handling this uh, financial data should be aware about so you have very well summarized uh, you know hats off to three you know points that you have just uh, you know gone gone us through you know this is this will be really helpful and uh, you know really a good value for anybody you know who wants to know about pci dss thank you so much everyone for joining the uh, live stream thank you stay safe bye bye thank you akshay bye bye